Do you know what this feels like? You know when there's a car, when you're crossing the road and it's nighttime and there's a car coming? Feels like that. I love that effect. Auckland is like that, you know? Get run over by cars. Um, you may be seated. Thank you for coming tonight. Because I know we're all like, you know, really tired after the game. Who watched it? I didn't watch it. I was so stressed out, man. I said to Sam, turn it off. I don't want to hear it. Um, I'm one of those last 10 minutes. I can't watch the whole game. I was actually having like a mini mini episode in the in the room. I was like, oh, we're going to lose. You know, um, last week when we played against South Africa, I said to Sam, we're going to lose. And he said, get out. Get out of the room. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I remember that. Um, tonight, I just want to share a quick word because I know we're all hungry. No, we're really holy in Wellington. We fast, say. Hey, you guys fast all weekend? Pray, seek the Lord and all that, just like me. Um, I had steak for lunch. Sizzling steak. With butter. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, I've got this message. Uh, I think I sent you a, um, an email thingy. What do you call it? Multimedia? What do you call it? The Slides. That's what you call it, eh? I'm sure there's another word for it. PowerPoint. If we could put that on, that'd be awesome. So, um, so my message tonight is: you had one job, and um, I was looking at this, thinking, I don't know if I could, you know, go to a toilet like this. But if you're desperate, right, you send your kids in a toilet like that. But you wouldn't go as an adult. I think I'd rather like go on my own, you know. But look at that. You had one job. I don't know who invented this or created this. This is a terrible idea, you know? But at least you could get out of there if, you know, someone was trying to bully you. You could just easy access out. Okay, next one. Fail. Major accident. Left lane's closed. Use left lane. That's a major fail. Okay, next one. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that was made by a, an islander. Probably a Samoan, right? If you're in, please slow driverly. When I think about, you know, the task of sharing my faith with the world, or you know, I just get overwhelmed. Um, I remember um, growing up in a very Christian family. Um, it was religious; it wasn't Christian, because you know things happen. Um, and uh, I was eight years old at the time, and my auntie, she was a prayer. Now, she used to pray, and um, she would ask, my parents weren't Christians at the time, and she'd say, um, can I take Kathy to a prayer meeting? I was eight years old. So you imagine an eight-year-old. Uh, I think I'd rather stay home and watch TV. And my parents said, take her, take her to the prayer. I'm like, oh, I hate you. So my, my, my auntie would take me to these prayer meetings that were at her house, and um, her son was in the All Blacks at the time, and uh, I know his name was Michael Jones, his, his name still is Michael Jones, and uh, it's so funny, I, I caught up with him two weeks ago, and he was saying to Sam, do you know Kathy was a real brat when she was young, and I'm like, shut up, don't tell him what I was like, 
And uh, Michael was like, you know, Kathy was just, I said, okay, that's enough. That was the old Kathy. I have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Anyway, so my auntie, she used to pray for me and she'd say, oh, Kathy, you know, one day you're going to preach. And I thought, oh my gosh, just give me some lollies. Because when you're eight years old, all you worry about is lollies and TV and probably sleep or playing outside. And at the time, um, my auntie saw potential. She saw something, you know, that I didn't see, but she saw it before it actually happened. And uh, um, I really felt God say to me, Kathy, you need to see it before you see it. And uh, when I see empty seats, I see my friends, I see my annoying neighbors right, sitting next to me, like, Kathy, do your garden. You know, I see people like that sitting in the seats next to me. And I started to picture my friends and my family members, and that's how I pray. And people say, well, what scripture do you use? Well, I get inspired by, uh, there's a scripture in Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Uh, it talks about the faith of the Canaanite woman. And uh, I use this to inspire me to pray because this lady, she never gave up. Uh, she had a demon-possessed daughter, probably a teenager, I don't know, you know. It's just normal, you know. I was demon-possessed as a child, you know, like I remember being so naughty and thinking, man, my parents put up with a lot. And so this woman, she was a Canaanite woman, had no business to be anywhere near Jesus and the disciples. But she had this situation, she had this issue where she needed her daughter to be healed. And she knew that Jesus was the only one that could do it. So let me read it to you, verse 21 of chapter 15. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples, you know, that even just kills me. I'm like, he didn't even answer her. I'd be like, at least say, can you wait a minute or something? But he didn't say anything. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. Disciples, you know, you think they'd know better. I think that's how people look at church. You know, when people are asking, can you help me? Can you help me out? And people get offended. Maybe it's the way you look at someone and they go, oh, my goodness. Did you see the way they looked at me? You know, people can get offended over silly things. I was telling the church in Lower Hutt, I remember um, we were doing a church album and I didn't get picked to be one of the star singers. And Patsy would know. I was like, uh, I can sing in tune. Why am I not picked? And, uh, you know, I've, I, it felt like, you know, some of, the, some of the guys were like, well, you're not good enough. And I probably wasn't. Because I'm one of those people like on X Factor or, you know, the idol ones where they think they're amazing, but they're not. And so... That's probably not true. I, I was good, but had to humble myself. Anyway, so Jesus didn't answer this woman. And his disciples were like, can you just tell her to go away? She's annoying us. I think they were hungry or hangry. Um, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt down before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. 
I know. That's just, that's, that's an insult. Uh, yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs, now this is brilliant comeback. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Boom, that's pretty good. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. Have you ever had a situation where you, where you just know in your heart of hearts that there is only one person that can solve that problem? There's only one person that can heal that situation. There's only one person, and that is Jesus. And so this lady, she was searching for him, and she knew that he could do it. No one else. And uh, last year we had a situation with my friend Leonie. She's not a Christian, but she's always inviting people to our church greatest evangelist, you know. She's like, you should go to Equippers in Auckland. It's awesome church. I don't go there, but you should go along. And so she tells people to come along, and she had this friend. He was 28 years old, and he got diagnosed with tongue cancer. And so I'm like, never heard of tongue cancer. And she rang me up, and she said, Kathy, my friend Kane's been diagnosed with tongue cancer. Um, and uh, this is what he said. He said, I really need God because God is the only one that can help me. And he's never acknowledged God in his life. And so she said to me, he's not even religious, but he wants, you know, he wants someone to pray for him. Can you do that? And I said, yeah, sure. Just bring him on Sunday. And she's like, no, can I bring him tonight? And it was a Wednesday, which is our music practice. And I went, Leone, you've done this to me before because uh, a few months back, she rang me up. Her brother had just chopped off his finger, right? Because people do that when they're just, you know, going through a hard time. Chopped off his finger. Uh, she rang me up. She said, my brother's chopped off his finger. This is Wednesday morning. I'm like, oh, okay. Never heard of that before. And uh, thinking, you know, maybe connected with the mafia or something. So she, she said, can you pray for him? And I'm like, yeah, sure. We'll pray for him on Sunday. She goes, no, can you pray for him now? And it was a Wednesday night. So to cut a long story short, she brought 14 of her unchurched friends. She said, can I bring my lesbian sister? She had to label. She's a lesbian. I went, that's fine. Just bring her along. She said, can I bring my husband who hates church? So yeah, bring him along. He'll just love it even more. Anyway, so she brings all these friends she, um, and her cousin. And about 14 of them come into church. Uh, and it's, it's music practice. So everyone's like, you know, dancing around, and I'm like, can you just bring it down, everyone? You know, don't look too happy. So everyone's like, you know, and everyone's worshipping, and people are walking and going, oh, my gosh, this is, you know. So everyone has their hands up, and 14 of her friends and family members that came in never have had any experience in church, what do they do? They put their hands up and close their eyes because they see everyone else doing that. And I'm like, wow, I so wanted to take a photo, right? And post it on Instagram, but didn't. Um, and so, so Leonie, this is what happened. And brother got touched and, you know, all these other things happened. But this boy, Cain, well, he's not boy, young man, Cain, he was 28. And he knew that the only one that could help him was God. And so it was a Wednesday night. I said, bring him along, bring him along. So he came to church, and uh, he'd never set foot in a church. I think he's done it once, maybe in a chapel service or something. 
But he walked in and um, everyone was crazy again because it's, you know, creative ministries. You know, creative people are just like, we don't care, you know, Jesus. And so everyone was singing and Cain walked in and he was crying. Um, And he said, oh man, I just feel this warmth. And my friend Leone turned to him. She's not a Christian. And she said, that's called the Holy Spirit. I said, Leone, like, you're doing my job? <laughs> yes, it's the Holy Spirit came. And then he came up the front and we prayed for him. And have you ever had one of those moments where you know that God is going to heal that person? Like I prayed for people. Some people have, yeah, passed away. It's not my prayers. It's just, you know. <laughs> But, you know, have you ever prayed for someone and you're like, I think God's going to heal them? I don't know. And uh, I just had a real faith, a sense in my spirit that God was going to heal him. So I said to him as I laid hands on him, I said, Cain, God is going to heal you of that tongue cancer and it's going to dissolve. I see it dissolving. And he just went, okay. So uh, I said, make sure you update us on your appointments what the doctors say, and so he went back and had scans and went through the process, and a week later, he rang us, and he said, guess what? He said, the cancer has dissolved, and he said, it's been isolated, and it's shrinking, because they said um, the first diagnosis was it's spread, and you know, you, you won't have long to live, and so I was like, thank you, Jesus, so he started coming along to church, and um, Yeah, it's not a Disney ending. He got healed of tongue cancer, which is awesome, but his girlfriend didn't like church. She was like, this is just too much. So it does, um, you know, help who you choose to marry you, right? That's just another side lesson. Anyway, so, so Cain got healed, but he knew that Jesus was the only one. God was the only one that could heal him. He knew that. This is an unchurched boy. He knew that, that Jesus was the only one, just like this woman. And when I pray, when we pray, there are moments in our prayer life where we want to give up. I know praying for my friend, uh, she's a beautician, her name's Ashley. Um, We'd get together, we'd have these conversations. I'm like, Ashley, you know, know, God can turn your life around. She's like, no, I I don't believe in God anymore. And um, she hates church, so she's telling me, I hate church. I'm like, that's cool, Ash, I still love you. And she's like, why do you keep on saying that? And I said, because I do. And she said, sweet. So, you know, we left it at that. And uh, last year at Shout Conference, so the annual conference that we run as a church, as equippers, we all come together, family reunion, awesome. And uh, my friend Ashley, I just mentioned it because I didn't want her to come she's quite negative, you know. She's one of those negative, like, unchurched people, like most of our friends. And I said, oh, Ashley, don't come. You won't enjoy it. She goes, why not? And I said, I don't want you to come. And uh, she was like, oh, all right then. So she said, I'm not coming. I said, cool, sweet. So I just left it. We were having our good, you know, we're having an awesome time in God. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And uh, Ashley gave me a call and she said, Kathy, I was like, what? She said, you wouldn't guess what happened. I said, what? She goes, I heard this audible voice. And I was like, get out. Were you like on drugs? And I said that to her, were you on drugs? Because actually I know that you dabble. And she said to me, she said to me, no, this time, 
this time I was working on a client and I heard this voice say, you need to ring Kathy. So I was like, cool. And I said, you should come to Shell Conference. And she goes, okay. And I thought, will she show up or not? So she, she showed up with her husband and her, the rest of her family. You know, because, you know, everyone like goes in mobs. Anyway, so she came with her mob and they sat with us and uh, the preacher was preaching about, have you ever been in trouble? And Ashley just hits me. He's talking about us, eh? And I was like, who? Not me. <laughs> you. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So she's like, and her husband's like, stop it, Ash, stop it, you know. And uh, at the end of it, you know, it's been two years. I've been praying for her for two years. A group of us have been praying. Her mum has been praying for her since she was a baby. She came from a Christian family. Uh, her parents were together at the time. They were pastors. Um, there was a moral fall. Pastors split up. And she made a vow that day, I will never have anything to do with the church. I will never be a Christian ever again. So she made that vow when she was a young girl. And uh, she said her mum had been praying for her. And I just felt like, actually, I was part of the answer. And if there's an encouragement in that, is that whoever you're praying for right now or whoever you're believing for or you're thinking about right now, don't give up. See, her mum had moments where, oh, my goodness, God, you just do your thing. And so as she gave her heart to the Lord and... It was all lovely, Disney, beautiful ending, beautiful finish, beautiful life. And then, oh, about two weeks later, it started to get worse. And I thought, this is like the dog I prayed for that died. This is what it reminded me of. I'm like, God, please, why? And uh, I just felt the voice of the Holy Spirit say, Kathy, don't give up. Just like this mother who had her daughter in mind. She had the next generation in mind. She wasn't going to give up. Her culture, who she, uh, you know, who she represented wasn't going to stop her. Even when Jesus did not answer her, she stayed there. Now, who would stay there if, like, you got rejected by Jesus and the disciples? Who would stay there? I don't think I would. If anyone insulted me like that, I would run. I'd be so shamed out, you know, like, oh, okay, I'll go to someone else then. You know, maybe Buddha. I'll just go to Buddha. I don't know, Buddha. Was Buddha around then? Anyway, so, um, I know, I can't remember all the stuff at Bible college, but um, I would have run. And, and at the point where I think about my friend Ashley, I was like, do I stay? Do I keep praying for her? Do I fight for her? And in that moment, we've got to decide, okay, we're not going to just take it by the chin. Yeah, take it by the chin. You know, this is what happens. People fall. People do stupid things. And my friend Ashley said, look, my husband's left me. I'm doing drugs. And it was the last thing I ever wanted to hear. And I just thought, thanks a lot. And then something within me, a voice within me just said, Kathy, you need to stand strong. You need to fight, fight on her behalf. And so I started to. We did the self-defense course at our church, um, I think four years ago. And uh, it was so like, not me, because I, you know, it was like kung fu kicks and punch them in the, you know. 
And uh, so, you know, it was all a bunch of women from church and uh, the guy wasn't a Christian, so he was like swearing at us. And, um, and what he did was he, he got, were you at it, Chrissy? Courtney? No. He would get like UFC fighters and dress them up in padded gear. And so we had to close our eyes and then they would just come at us. So we didn't know when they were attacking us. I know, gross, eh? Anyway, so I, um, so every time I would do it, I would giggle and laugh. Like, ah, this is so funny. And the instructor said, come on, you need to get aggressive. And I said, I can't. This is hilarious. And so he sat me down and he said, okay, picture this. Have you got any children? I said, yes. And he said, okay, you're coming home. You see an intruder on top of your daughter. I was like, oh, my gosh. I started to get angry. And he goes, there you go. And when I think about my friend Ashley, I could either make a decision to lie down and just go, okay, I'll just let life take its course. She's made dumb choices. See you later. This is what happens. Dumb decision. You need some wisdom there, Ash. I either do that or I get aggressive in prayer and I start to get strong and say, okay, I'm not going to let this happen to my friend. I'm not going to let the devil take control of your life. And so I started to pray, like really pray for my heart. I was like, devil, you will never take hold of my friend. Get your filthy hands. And I started, you know, doing my self-defense moves and getting really angry at the enemy. And uh, it took two weeks of just crying out to God. There was a moment where I wanted to give up. But the interesting thing was Ashley rang me and she said, you wouldn't believe what happened. And her voice sounded different. I thought, this sounds like a different person. And what had happened was she went into her room, went on her knees and started bawling her eyes out. She said, God, I really need you. And she said it was like someone walked into her room and she could feel the presence of God. And so from there, I can tell you, now this is awesome, her husband and uh, her children are following Jesus. They're together, they're happy, they're serving. Like, honestly, she, every second word, every second word was like, a, you know, she'd F, 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 F. But now she's like, you need to know Jesus. She's brought about 18 of her friends to Christ. Um, I look at her and I think, you are a different person. But the thing is, would she be like that if I just stopped praying? If others of us just, you know, we just didn't share our faith. You have one job, right? As a church, not to keep your faith quiet, but to start to release the love of Jesus it's easy. It's easy to be authentic. I believe it's easy. You just be yourself. And uh, my friends will say to me, Kathy, I can hear your life because you're honest. You know, I'll tell them stuff that Sam will go, why did you share that for? And I'm like, well, because it ministers to them. And I've seen, uh, we've had a few netball mums 
from church, oh, not from church, from uh, my daughter's school, uh, coming along to church. I had one mum who um, said to me, she was a real tough, tough nut to crack. Like, she'd say to me, you know, I can't really see myself going to your church or even visiting it. I said, why? She said to me, well, you have to have your life all together, don't you? And I went, no, where'd you get that from? And she said, well, I've got a really crappy life. Have you heard my story? And I said, yeah. I said, so has everyone else. And I was sharing with her, you know, you can see those beautiful photos on Facebook. Everyone's like, happy. But no one will tell you the story afterwards of when your kids are like, you take the photo. And then after you take the photo, they're like fighting and, you know, it's all scrappy. And then that's when real life happens. I said, you, you see the snapshot of the church and it looks perfect. We're not. That's why we have Jesus. I said to her, that's why I need Jesus. If I didn't have Jesus in my life, I'd be like terrible on the road and terrible as a mom. I'd be, I'd be horrible. I said, Mary, you've just seen the redeemed side of me. I make mistakes, but I need Jesus. And she said, okay. And when I said that, she said, I'm going to come along. So she came along at the end of uh, last year, and she just cried. She said, man, you're right. I don't feel judged here. She gave her heart to Jesus that night. She brought her daughter with her, and her daughter was like, oh, shame, Mum, I'm not going to put my hand up. And I was like, oh, well, you wait. Beginning of this year, her daughter gave her heart to Jesus. And our heart is to see not just one person, but family saved. And uh, just in the middle of the year, her other daughter and her son-in-law put their hands up. And we've just seen families after families getting saved. And it's not because we're super Christians. It's because we didn't give up at the point of being insulted, at the point of being knocked or at the point of, I can't even see an answer right now, Jesus. But you see the tenacity of this woman, the strength of this woman. When she knelt down, she even worshipped Jesus. When he said, you know, when he called her a dog, well, we referred to her being like a dog, and all this stuff happened. But she stayed there, and she worshipped him until the answer came. And as I finish tonight, maybe you know some people. Maybe you know some people, you see some empty seats here? They should be filled with your friends and family. And never be ashamed of who you are in Jesus. I used to be ashamed. I'd be like, I'd say to Sam, I don't know if they'd like our church. He said, well, do you invite them? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he said, well, just try it. And so we've seen about probably over 25 of our friends come into our church and stay and, um, you know, we've had other people come in, coming in and out. I brought my personal trainer to church. He only came to church because there were chicks. I said, there were women there. He's like, oh, I'm coming. And I said, the only thing I said to him was, they won't be looking at you. And he goes, why not? And I said, because you're not a God man. He goes, oh. He said, they'll be looking at these guns. And I went, no, they won't. I said, if you touch our girls in our church, I will poke you in the eyes. You know what he said to me? He said, I would come to church again. He loved it. He loved church. And I think we need to give people a taste. We need them to taste and see that the Lord is good.
Yeah, that's right, bro. Awesome. Okay, let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, what I want you to do, like I said before, you need to see it before you see it. Let's just close our eyes and begin to see those friends and family members, that neighbour or those neighbours that you know of. They need to come and hear the good news of Jesus. But not only that, their lives will be transformed. We will see restoration. We will, be, uh, we will see hope found again. So Father, I just pray for every friend and family member represented in this room. And Father, we stand. We stand in the gap for them. And we say, Jesus, bring them home. Bring them home. Because Father, you love them. And Lord, right now, we just pray, God, for every word that we share every coffee that we share, every meal that we share, every conversation, let it be seasoned with salt in Jesus' name. Let them know, let them know the power of your love. And Father, we thank you, God. We we thank you, Father, that we're going to see miracles upon miracles in this place, healings taking place. We're going to see salvations. We're going to see transformed lives, transformed communities, In Jesus' name, amen.